then. Welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. That's me. And this is going to be the Election Day Preview. Well, now that I mention it, I am going to go out on a limb, make a couple of predictions. I will freely admit a couple of them are just wishful thinking, at least at this point. But... Sometimes got to leave the sleeping dog lie. Other times it's good to just put it out there one more time. And as a special side note, I will have to address the events that have begun to unfold regarding CD3. And I think I'll have an angle or a thought on it that perhaps some of us have not thought of. So, here we go. In the federal election, which is uh, Congressman Van Taylor's race, I am purposely going to punt that to the end because I have mm, specific thoughts on it. But in the past, I had indicated that all four challengers are good challengers, and you should vote your conscience. Pick the best challenger, the one that you like the most, and if you get a runoff, you get another shot at it. I'll leave it at that. All right. At the state level, I have endorsed and strongly suggest that you go vote for Don Huffines. If you want to vote for Alan West or Chad Prather, go for it. They're good guys. I've met both of them. I feel that they're solid too, but we must retire Greg Abbott. I'm sorry, but just not my guy. Violated the Constitution and quite frankly has not shown that he's up to the task. Lieutenant Governor, well, I have encouraged and endorsed Daniel Miller, and you should go vote for Daniel Miller. But in the event that Texas scares you just too much, you have Tracy Bradford and Aaron Sorrells, which are also good choices, being that I have met them both and feel comfortable that they offer a good alternative to Lieutenant Dan. Once again, Lieutenant Dan has not shown himself up to the task and needs to be retired. Put to pasture, as they may say. That leads us to the Attorney General. Now, this is kind of a tough one here. I've met Louis Gohmert. I like Louis Gohmert. I supported Eva Guzman in the past. I generally think Eva Guzman's pretty good. Notwithstanding the ads that have been coming out as of late, but there is no way on God's green earth I could ever support a guy with the last name Bush again or anybody in the Bush dynasty they have sold us out one too many times I however will be pulling the trigger so to speak on Ken Paxton Uh, not super excited about it but I think he's the best guy for the job and he's been doing a good job since he's been there Um, the other races uh, the incumbent hanger uh, as comptroller Okay, uh, Commissioner uh, General Land Office, um, I'm going for, I mean, there's four good candidates. Pick your pick your best one. Uh, Commissioner of Agriculture, I know Sid's far from perfect, but I really like the guy. I'm going to support him. I think you should too. Uh, believe that um, Wayne Christensen, or Christian is the uh, in, incumbent for railroad commissioner. He's been doing a good job. No need to replace him that I can see. All the other justices are basically running unopposed, with the exception of 
David Shank. We need to support him. And, okay, now the Scott Walker and Clint Morgan, I've heard good things about both of them. Now, Scott Walker is the incumbent. I just don't see a good reason to replace him. So we're going to leave that as is. And that leads us down to Senate District 8. Well, Angela Paxton is the hands-down choice, and I suspect you all will feel the same way. That leads us to Senate District 61. Now, all three of these guys have been a pretty active in campaign. They've all spent quite a bit of money convincing us they're the most conservative. They're the best ones to represent us. And I said before that I'm just not comfortable endorsing any of those three. I mentioned that I will probably go vote for Jim Herblin just because I think I will take the I'll take the chance on Jim before I would on the other two. And honestly, if any of the three wins, it's not the end of the world. I think they're going to be just fine. All right. Now on to the county level races. Here's the deal. Chris Hill, hands down. Don't waste your time voting for the other guy. I'm not even going to mention his name. We have the best county judge in the state, in the country almost, as I don't know a better one anywhere else. But I leave the possibility open that someone else in another state might have a better county judge. But I feel very comfortable in making that pronouncement that in Texas, the best county judge is Chris Hill in Collin County. That leads us to the... County Judge, or I'm sorry, County Court of Law number five. I've said before, and I say it again, Randy Johnson, Jimmy Angelino, two best guys out there. I'm going to be voting for Randy, but if you vote for Jimmy, you won't be doing the wrong thing there, in my opinion. District Clerk, the incumbent must go. I think I'll be voting for Debbie Lytle, but if you want to vote for Mike or Laura, go for it. They're both good candidates, too. But the incumbent must go. Constable Precinct 6, or I'm sorry, Constable Precinct 1. Honestly, I don't have a favorite there. I'm kind of maybe leaning one way or the other, but I just, I think all four have credible candidacies and you should do your own research and make your own decision. Everything else is essentially um, not challenged with the exception of JP in Precinct 1. The incumbent, Paul Raleigh, has been there for a long time. He's done a good job. Um, if you're convinced he needs to go because he's an incumbent, then you probably won't go wrong in voting for C.D. Mayfield. Um, if, on the other hand, you like Paul Raleigh and you think he's done a good job, which is generally the answer I get when I ask people, then you should vote for him. In either case, I think we will be just fine in Precinct 1 of Collin County. All right. If you'll pardon me a sip of my tea co <sighs> congressional race three hmm? district three now i said early that i thought all four candidates were good i said i was going to be voting with my heart for the guy i think is the best representative they would both most closely resemble my opinions on the matter. I will freely admit that I think there are two candidates that will, one of those two will likely be in a runoff with our incumbent. 
And I now have, ooh, a lot of time. I'm trying to be short tonight, but a lot of time. Now, Congressman Taylor has let me down on a couple of occasions. I have had the opportunity to meet Van Taylor, talk to Van Taylor. I've endorsed Van Taylor in the past. He was the stalwart, strong man out of Collin County, both in the Texas House and the Texas Senate. However, when he went off to Congress, he was not. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of moderates out there. There's a lot of, you know, kind of squishy people that feel like we should be engaging with the left and we should be working with the Democrats and we should get the best deals possible and we should... And, you know, there's some value to that point of view. However, you can't have a guy campaign about being the strongest, toughest, best Republican there is, and then show up and really have no fight in them whatsoever. And just because they vote the right way, if they don't show up prepared to hold the line, I'm not really convinced that they're working for us. I don't really think they're doing a good job of representing us. Now, some of you may be aware that there was a hit piece that came out yesterday. And I'm sure it's been percolating for a couple of days prior to that at the very least. Now, let me just say on the onset, I don't know if it's true. I'm not willing to risk my life on the idea that it's true However, I will say at this point, after 24 hours, being there's been no denial from Van Taylor or his campaign, one must presume at this point that there is some validity to it. Now, I'm not excited about going after a guy who cheats on his wife. I'm not excited about a guy who had a moral failing. We're all human. We're all subject to fail. We all make mistakes. In fact, I will say that I have the honor in life to know two elected officials very well. One I've had lunch slash breakfast with on more than one occasion and one whom I know their family quite well. And I would uh, defend that man and his family to my last breath. I'm not going to use hyperbole and say I pray for them daily, but I do pray for both of them as well as a lot of our other leadership on occasion. And I keep them in their thought, my thoughts, and I try and look at things in a way to protect those people that are serving us well. I also have had in my life at least two gentlemen that I've known quite well, not the same elected officials that I was referring to whom I liked, I respected. And unfortunately they both decided that their families were not worth fighting for. They both walked away. I'm sure they've justified it to themselves. I can honestly say I really don't have any connection with either of those men or their families early at this point anymore. Uh, not necessarily by my choice, but just by the way the world works, I guess. But I will say in both instances, uh, 
the men had had that failing before. So it was not a new thing that they did it. I will say in both instances, they repented and they tried to do better. And in both instances, they ultimately failed and walked away from their families. Now, the difference between the two men, and this is why it's applicable, okay? The difference between the two men is one of them had served in the military. Now, you're thinking to yourself, Callus, where are you going with this? Why are you even bringing this up? Okay. So, for those of you that don't know, all members of the armed services take an oath. to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And in my life, I put that oath second only to the marriage oath I took. won't violate either one of them. So if a guy served in the military and he gave an oath to the Constitution and to... uh, have fidelity to protect the Constitution, and he gave an oath to his wife, and he had, you know, pledged fidelity to her and his family. If he fails on one, what's to prevent him from failing on the other? Where is the safeguards there? I mean, if you fail on your oath to your country, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go cheat on your wife. Likewise, if you cheat on your wife, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sell out your country. But evidence of one should suggest that the other is more likely to occur. We can look at other past examples of people who uh, have taken oaths both as elected officials and military men and have failed on both of those counts. So this is why it's applicable. From what I understand, uh, Congressman Taylor served as a Marine officer. There's also my understanding. He was privy to some things in his capacity as that officer that were over and above what the regular enlisted or regular officers would have been privy to based upon his uh, job description, if you will. I'm not going to be specific because I don't know all the details, nor do I pretend to know. But I got to say, I'm really, really concerned because there's been no official denial. However, we know based upon evidence presented yesterday that not only is the accusation that he cheated on his wife. He was leaving himself open because he was doing it with a foreign national. Now, I know that people talk. People uh, talk politics. They talk secrets. They talk family. They talk money. They talk religion. When they're in a relationship. So I'm really concerned, did we have a honeypot operation here? Did we have this moral failing come about because he was set up? I'm not sure which is worse. 
the fact that, and again, there's been no denial. There's only an accusation laid out there. If he puts out a denial, I would be glad to take this back. But if a man is willing to cheat on his wife with a foreign national while he's serving in Congress, knowing that he gave an oath to the Constitution and an oath to his wife, why should I feel confident? Why should I be willing to just overlook this? Now, look, I, I, I know there's other elected officials that have had moral failings that have stepped out on their wife. I know that there are other people that have made um, dubious choices as elected officials, but haven't cheated on their wife. I'm not happy about either of those scenarios. But in a primary, you have your choice. Do I want a guy that has shown to be faithful to both his country and his wife? Or do I roll the dice on somebody that has already shown that he's been willing to break his oath to his wife and then had a, at the very least, an ill-advised relationship with a foreign national? To me, that's a huge problem. Now, if it was just that scenario wasn't there, right? I would maybe be a little more willing to say, well, you know, that's, and I, and look, I've talked to several people today. I, I, I'm not enjoying this at all. I mean, I wanted Van Taylor to lose because the other candidates were better. I wanted Van Taylor to retire because he didn't want to fight anymore. I did not want this guy to be Ruined because of a moral failing. And I have no guarantee that this is going to cause him to lose his election. I have no guarantee that it's even accurate. But again, there's no denial. With a denial, I'd be willing to just sit on my hands, bite my tongue, and leave this alone. But it is now after 5 o'clock. It's a full 24 hours later, and there's still no denial. And I asked multiple people that were in a position to know if there was a denial. And they had nothing. So that's why I felt morally obligated to do this. I felt like I had no other option but to call it out. Now look, I'm not going to tell you, you need to go vote for Keith Self. You need to go vote for Ricky Williams. You need to go vote for Suzanne Harp. Or you need to go vote like me for Jeremy Ivanowski. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I am going to tell you is, there is a major concern that I cannot and will not overlook. This guy, whom should have had training as a military officer, you don't hook up with foreign women. As a congressman, you don't hook up with foreign women. Yet he did. Or at least he hasn't denied it. What other things has he done? I think that's a fair question. I make no accusation. I merely draw the conclusion that if you're willing to break your oath to your wife, you're probably more likely to break your oath to your country. For a year and a half, he would have been subject to blackmail of some sort, perhaps. Again, these are things we need to be concerned about. These are these are big problems that we just can't sweep under the rug. Now, I know there's at least one other elected official that's been accused of cheating on his wife. Now, I know that there evidence is not public like this is. I also know that, at least to my knowledge, 
there was not a foreign national involved. I also know that if and when it should ever become public, it would be devastating results. It bothers me. It bothers me that I had to vote for a guy that cheated on three wives. Now, granted, we could say in that case it was in the past and he had changed. He was a different person, maybe. This allegedly ended six months ago. This allegedly went on for a year and a half. So it wasn't like a fling. It wasn't, oh, I went out, I got a little too wasted on K Street and I woke up with some girl I picked up. I I could almost look past that as far as in this specific scenario is that I misbehaved and I crossed the line that I said I would never cross and I didn't do it again and you know my wife forgave me and we went on but that's not the case here I'm not wanting to pass judgment I really I'm trying to avoid that but I think this is a fair question at this point again there's been no denial Is this somebody that we can trust? The guy must have been on some kind of committee where he had access to information the rest of us would not have. And again, being subject to perhaps uh, blackmail, that's a problem. The only solution is to retire him. Now, I like the guy personally. I really hope he figures things out and makes good with his family. I really do. This is not a way I would like to see this gentleman to go down. Of course, at this point, I don't even know if I should refer to him as a gentleman. I uh, just got a flyer. <laughs> I won't even read what's on that flyer. But the idea that this is something that can be kept in-house. This is something that can just be ignored. Yeah, you know, if he wasn't a military officer, maybe. If the person wasn't a foreign national, maybe. If it hadn't gone on for a year and a half, maybe. But that's three strikes. I'm sorry. Now, you can say he's the best man for the job. And you know what? If you were to issue a denial and if you were to win the primary, I'll have to be there with you. Swallow the uh, bile and vote for the guy. Because I can assure you that whoever the Democrats put up against the uh, um, candidate for Congressional District 3 is going to be far worse. <coughs> Again, this does not excite me. This is not something that I want to be doing. But I feel like I have no other choice. I, my hands are tied in this situation. We have three big issues that cannot be just ignored. We still have at least 50% of the people that are going to go out and vote. Now, actually, some of them will probably stay home in disgust at this point. Maybe some will gleefully walk, walk out of the house and go vote for somebody else. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but what I do know is this guy needs to be retired. And while you're in the business of retiring, uh, 
<clears throat> Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick. Just go ahead and retire Van Taylor. He can go home, take care of his wife, rebuild his family, and move on. Unless, of course, he wants to issue a denial, in which case I'll be more than happy to give him the benefit of the doubt, retract everything I've just said. In fact, I'll pull down this podcast episode if you will just issue a denial. I want to give the man the benefit of the doubt, but he's done nothing to help me. Well, this is episode 191, the election day preview. And what's a preview without a few speculative guesses at the future outcome? Well, because I feel like a gambling man, I will uh, go out on a ledge here just a little bit. One, there will be a runoff in Congressional District 3. The question is, will it be Keith Self or will it be Suzanne Harp? Or will Van Taylor just not even make it? Don't know, but my guess is it'll be Congressman Taylor facing off against one of those two. On the governor's election, my preference is Don Huffines wins straight out. The reality is, is it's probably going to be Greg Abbott against Don Huffines in a runoff. In which case, I would hope that every other person there who went to the trouble of running against Governor Abbott would endorse Don. Sorry, got a bit of a frog in the throat there. Lieutenant Governor's race. Sadly, I believe this will also be a runoff, though I suspect it will be with Dan Patrick and Daniel Miller. And my sincere hope and prayer for that matter is that both Huffines and Miller would go to the runoff and win. But... I have zero control over that. Um, the AG race, likely to be a runoff. Uh, if I were to bet, unfortunately, it'd probably be Bush and Paxton. God help Texas. All right. Uh, the Commissioner General Land Office, probably going to be a runoff. Got no idea how that's going to break down. Commissioner of Agriculture, Possibly go to runoff. I just see Sid Miller winning that flat out. I could be wrong, but it's kind of my gut there. Um, same thing with Railroad Commissioner. I'm guessing Wayne Christian wins, but I, I'm open that that goes to runoff. Um, 61. The one race that's near and dear to my heart. I have no idea. Best I can figure is it's going to be a very close three-way split. I just can't get a read on it. I could see very easily one of them getting 40 and the other two splitting 30 apiece. I just don't know. I don't. I can't foresee somebody getting over 50% on the first ballot, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see here. Judge Court of Law number five. My two favorites would be uh, Randy and Jimmy, but I think it'll probably go to runoff. And if it goes to runoff with both of them, I'm going to feel bad. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens. District Clerk, 
As long as the incumbent doesn't win, I don't really care. I just don't know. I I think the, uh, unfortunately, name recognition works in the favor, but hopefully one of the other two will get in the runoff and we can uh, dispose of that situation. Uh, Same thing, Constable Precinct 1, probably going to be a runoff. I have no idea which way that goes. And I have uh, already reached out to let them know we would be happy at Constitutional Texans to host a runoff debate or forum, whichever they prefer. And uh, looking forward to that. With that, this is According to Callus. Episode 191 is now over with a minute and a half to spare. Thank you, and y'all have a great night, because I will see you on the other side. Election Day.